0: their control and they need His help, but when it comes to their daily living, they want to be in control. Control doesn't belong to us. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that I'm to control someone else. I am to influence them if possible. I'm to guide them. But God doesn't give us control over the people. We, listen, we are to stimulate them. We are to encourage them. We are to motivate them. God is the one who is the control. And when you and I surrender our lives to Him, listen, when you surrender the Lordship of Jesus Christ to that Lordship, when you, when you acknowledge that He has the right to govern and to guide and to boss your life, then here's what happens. You take this awesome leap forward in your Christian life because now He's in control. He listen, so wisdom is in control, love is in control, omnipotence is in control. That is, this God who lives on the inside of you now can take this temple of the Holy Spirit, indwelt by Himself, and now what? He can help you to become the person you ought to be, achieve the things that God wants you to achieve in life. That's who He is, and this is His will and purpose for our life, the Lordship of Christ. And somehow we've so separated that from being saved, it's like, well, I want to be saved, but don't, but don't put any stipulations in my life. I want to be saved, but don't tell me, don't try to dictate to me how I'm to live. Not somebody else's short place to dictate to you, but it is the rightful position of Jesus Christ the Lord. Number five, the person who's living an extraordinary life is going to live a life of joyful obedience. The extraordinary Christian life is willing to obey God when it's easy, when it's not easy. When it's understandable, when it's not understandable. When people will agree, when will they will disagree. And here's why. The extraordinary life has learned that obedience to Him, that is, doing what He would have us to do, following His Word, becomes joyful because we understand that it's wise. And not only that, it, it has the most reward. And so, we, listen, we can become joyful in obeying Him. Watch this, not because what I'm feeling at the moment. It may sting me at the moment. It may bring me pain at the moment. It may bring me embarrassment at the moment. But you know what? Obedience to Him is joyful because you look beyond the present moment and see the end result. And, in, and listen, the end result is this, that obedience to God, uh, listen, always brings blessing. We obey God, leave the consequences to Him. He always turns it for our good, Romans 8, 28. Almighty God in His awesome love always turns it for our good. Therefore, we can obey Him pleasantly and joyfully. Turn back, if you will, to the Psalms, and I want you to jot this verse down. I want you to read it because all of us have been here. We, we, God has had to get all of our attention at some time, and it may be sometime there's been some area of disobedience in our life, and I have to acknowledge that's certainly been true in my life at times, and you know what? God knows how to get our attention. Listen to what David said in the 67th verse of the 119th Psalm. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. That is, he was just out there doing his own thing and living a life that was not pleasing to God. But listen to what he says. He said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, after affliction, I keep your word. You are good and you do good. Listen, <laughs> I love that. You, listen, you are good and you do good. He says, after, I'm, after my affliction, and now that I'm being obedient to you, he says, now I see that you're a good God and, and, and what you do is good. And so the truth is the person who lives the extraordinary life is a person who, who joyfully, joyfully obeys God. Then, of course, number six, it's a life of prayer and praise. Any person who lives an extraordinary life, any person who lives righteously and holy before God, any person who walks in the will of God and walks in His ways is going to be a praying person. They're going to know how to pray and talk to God and listen to Him, not just because they want something from Him, but here's what happens. The more godly you and I become, the more like Christ becomes a reality in our life, the more times we're going to spend in prayer, oftentimes just listening, not asking for anything, not saying anything, and sometimes just being silent in His presence. There's something so rewarding, so infilling, and so fulfilling, and so encouraging, and so joyful and so awesome about kneeling in the presence of the living God and saying nothing and just simply saying one thing, Lord, speak to my heart. Let me feel the joy and sense the awesome reverence of Your presence. Listen, when you and I live the life of prayer and praise, when we praise the living God, we're thanking Him, we're living in that relationship with Him, what we leave behind when we're gone is going to live on and on and on because it's going to make uh, make an eternal difference in people's lives. And what's going to happen is you're going to begin to realize, listen, that, that your investment in life is in things that have eternal purpose in them.
1: Listening to In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. His message continues tomorrow. An extraordinary Christian life is one that transfers its focus away from temporary things and emphasizes the things of God. When we do that, our lives have far more impact than we can imagine. To listen again, click the link to Today on Radio at intouch.org. If you'd like a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, you can order it from our online bookstore. The title is The Characteristics. It's also included in his teaching set, Living the Extraordinary Life. Our web address again is intouch.org or call 1 800 INTOUCH. If you prefer, you can write to us at INTOUCH, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia 30357. Is your life overflowing with spiritual fruit? Think about that as you listen to today's Moment with Charles Stanley, just ahead.
2: Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at intouch.org slash today. In our spiritual journey, we often have questions. How do I know God's will for my life? Does God hear my prayers? Why do bad things happen? The answers are found in the word of God, but how do we know where to start? The Free In Touch Devotional can help point you in the right direction. With biblically based content from Dr. Charles Stanley, you'll gain insight and wisdom through daily devotions, Bible studies, and more. The In Touch Devotional, delivered monthly to your mailbox. Subscribe for free at intouch.org/daily.
1: You're listening to In Touch. Has your fruitfulness for God been swallowed up by the routine of your life? Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Think about the people that you know, that they
0: just live their lives. They work till Friday, get paid. They spend the weekend doing something, having enough fun, sort of relaxing, whatever it might be, nothing wrong with that. Then they go to work the next day, Monday and do the same thing. And if you look at the fruit of their life, their life is so self centered and caught up and wrapped up in what pleases them, what satisfies them, what indulges them, uh, what they can do, what they can have, where they can go. There's nothing fruitful about the lives of many people who name the name of Jesus. Fruit means something, listen. And Jesus said, He said it was the will of the Father, for example in this 15th chapter of John. It's the will of the Father that this whole life that he's speaking of in the 15th chapter when he talks about abiding in us. And here's what he says. He says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciple. Listen, you want to bring glory to God? Our life is to be fruitful. How is our life to be fruitful? Giving it away. Giving it away to others. Sharing your faith with people that the Spirit of God says to you, I I I want you to speak to that person. I want you to share what I'm doing in your life. And what happens? When you and I give ourselves away, we become fruitful. Hold it to yourself. And what happens? Your life
1: becomes fruitless. You can learn more about living the abundant life Jesus offers at intouch.org. And if today's program has given you guidance for your spiritual journey, please let us know. Tomorrow on Intouch, is it important to you to be independent We'll hear that dependence is a key attribute for believers who want to flourish spiritually Tuesday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God
2: and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. It's not uncommon to hear artificial intelligence described as a new tool. What all technological tools have in common is that they help us accomplish a task. Some tools, however, also have the potential to change the task at a fundamental level. This is among the challenges that's presented to us by AI. If the end it is helping us achieve more efficiently is not clear, this emerging technology will be easily abused. AI's potential impact on education is a prime example. Since the days of Socrates, the goal of education has been not just for students to gain knowledge, but also for them to gain the wisdom and experience to use that knowledge well. In a recent article over at The Hill, however, English professor Mark Massaro described a quote-unquote wave of chatbot cheating now making it nearly impossible to grade assignments or to know whether or not students completed them. In addition to hurting the dishonest students who aren't learning anything like they should be, attempts to flag AI-generated assignments, a process that's often powered by AI itself, has the potential also of yielding false positives that would bring honest students under Suspicion. Some professors are responding by attempting to make peace with the technology encouraging students to use AI-generated scaffolding to construct their essays. However, this is kind of like legalizing drugs. There's little evidence that it can cut down on the abuse. Of course, there's no sense in trying to put the AI genie back into the bottle. For better or worse, it's a technology, like most technologies, that once it's here, it's here to stay. We have to develop an ability to evaluate its legitimate uses from its illegitimate uses. In other words, we have to know what AI is for before we go on experimenting with what it can do. Now that's first going to require that we know what human beings are for. For example, Genesis is clear and research confirms that human beings are made to work. After the fall, toil by the sweat of our brow is now part of that work. So the best human inventions throughout history are the tools that reduce needless toil, that blunt the effects of the curse, and that restore some sort of dignity to those who are doing the hard work. So, we should ask whether or not a given application of AI helps to achieve worthy human goals, for example, teaching students or accurately reporting the news, or if it instead is offering shady shortcuts and clickbait instead. Will it restore dignity to our human work, or will it leave us like the squishy and squashy passengers of the ship in Pixar's Wall-E, coddled, fed, entertained, and utterly useless? And perhaps most importantly, we have to govern what AI is doing in our relationships. Already, our most impressive human inventions, think of the printing press, the telephone, and the internet, facilitated more rapid and more accurate human communications. But they also, in ways, left us more isolated and disconnected, especially from those that are closest to us. That's especially the case with the internet. And obviously, artificial intelligence carries even greater capacity to replace human communication and even relationships. In a sense, the most important questions we need to ask ourselves as we enter this age of AI are not new questions. We have to ask what are humans for and how is it that we can love one another well? These questions won't easily untangle every ethical dilemma associated with artificial intelligence, but they can help us to distinguish between the tools designed to help us fulfill the creation mandate and the technologies designed to rewrite that mandate. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. If you're a fan of Breakpoint, leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. A nice car, a big house, a little travel.
1: Is there anything wrong with pursuing the finer things in life? Billy Graham has an answer to that question. We're living in a materialistic society in which the pull of the world is a constant pressure on all of us. There are certain elements of daily life which are not sinful in themselves, but which have a tendency to lead to sin if they're abused. So what can you do to keep that from happening? It is Christ and Christ alone who can give you a constant daily victorious life. This is America's greatest need. Christians living a daily life abiding in Christ. Will you dare be different? Will you dare surrender totally to Jesus Christ? If your answer to that question is yes, you can find help at findpeacewithgod.net. Once there, click on Grow in Your Christian Faith. That's at findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.